Welcome back to the sophomore episode of Jive as Alien. You can find me on Instagram. Um, so in the second episode, it's pretty interesting. Um, I brought in two of my sisters. I have three in total. And we kind of discuss um, what they observed and, you know, contradict or support each other's stories and what have you. Uh, so kind of interesting little experiment that I want to jump on. wasn't really planning on mixing the, the changing up the format, you know, right after the first episode. But, uh. It was pretty good talking to my sisters and kind of getting their viewpoints and you know everybody worked through their kind of uh, awkwardness and what have you so here we go it's going to continue on with me explaining my worldview and why I feel so alienated and trying to you know realign with uh, the rest of the world kind of see where everybody else is going so come join me on this episode and uh, hope you enjoy see you at the outro <music> go the the big episode with more of the people of the family to kind of fill in the gaps behind uh, julie and jesse so guys you guys when you guys kind of heard i'm trying to do this this is barely my second episode what were you your guys' thought julie about what like starting this show jesse what did you think as far as like when i said hey i'm gonna start doing a podcast i'm gonna put it out there and you guys heard my first episode i think i was kind of like oh cool finally you're gonna put something out because you've been talking about it for a while and <clears throat> I'm a big podcast fan so I was like let's let's hear it but I did get worried when you said you were gonna maybe dig into the family because I don't know how how everyone feels about you know hearing everything but I was okay with it I hope everybody ends up being fine with it too well I mean I wasn't gonna try to like embarrass anybody because yeah. like silly crap happened to me and I mainly stick to my story so uh, one of the, this is something that's been bugging me for days now, and I'm just gonna throw it out there. But so I grew up. My earliest memories. Well, like Julie, what are your earliest memories of our youth or parents, or what? What are your some of your early memories? Just in general about growing up, or like with the family. Anything. I mean, it could be the first time you saw an apple pie. Like, what was your first memory? Um. I think my first memories are mainly like, I don't know exactly like what age I can think about, but just mainly like growing up in LA, you know, growing up around like the gang environment, you know, just seeing all kinds of um, deaths and things like that from friends that we, or people that we knew who had kids who were gang members, you know, and those are like some really messed up memories that I have but in regards to our family I think I just remember how we kind of just had each other and um certain cousins that we grew very close to well I mean that's kind of um you know you bring those up and I and I get what you're saying but that was more when we moved from the first house we lived in we moved in and we moved like six blocks down the road but in the first house we grew up um we grew up in was it was me you and uh Jesse right it was like the three of us because I wasn't born, oops, very much nothing. Are you talking about 150? Yeah, well, see, we're just like name dropping geo spots, but no, 
like it was just six blocks away. <clears throat> That's where the other child was born, and so our sister, we're, we're, our sister who shall go <laughs> unnamed, <laughs> retraction. So, Jesse, what is like your early memories? Um, probably the bad ones, like having to leave LA, going to Oregon, and just being really uh, out of place. Just a lot of weird moves and um, not really knowing what was where we'd end up next type of feelings. Even though that was 99, though, so that was, yeah. you know, you were 12 years old when it yeah, happened. Yeah, my memories don't go all the way that far back. See, and me, personally, I kind of repressed a lot of memories, especially my childhood, but I very, on that one street that uh, Julian named, I recall where, like, I would hear my dad come home from work and... You know, he was drinking or something. Like oh, he was yeah. drunk. And so I remember those memories. And they didn't hit me as bad. But it was just kind of, you know, to, you know to, as a kid, I didn't have nothing to yeah. compare it with. And then also, it's kind of a big deal to me. But someone that was is close to us, they were also kind of dealing through alcoholism. So I kind of ruined that. But somebody else was um, that grew up, I grew up real close. To them. They weren't, you know, directly blood related, I guess. But they were... They were a little older than me, so we were raised like almost like brothers. Like especially, um, their parents worked, both of them, versus where only our dad worked. You know, at that time it was just me and Julie, I think. But he, you know, we were carried around and, and kind of raised together. And then so the families, I think, the, were those the families you were talking to earlier, Julie, the ones that was you said we were close. Mhm. Okay. So yeah, and I now that you mentioned it, I think those are like the only few memories that I have of growing up at that house was like you mentioned you know um, our dad being an alcoholic at the time and I think just I have very very little memory of when we used to live at that place and now and I remember one thing now about the mayonnaise in the TV the infamous yeah I and uh, so who wants to tell yeah. it? I'm kind of That's the best storyteller well this is was funny I used to tell it all through school and <laughs> I thought it was a funny story but in hindsight it's very sad well, yeah. like one night basically my dad was we had those this was what late 80s and the style back was those big wooden cabinets that were very heavy um they had TVs built built in you know a little like 20 or something and my dad was like watching TV but he threw this giant like Costco sized jar of mayonnaise and it was glass and shattered it, and I remember uh, nobody was in the way, but you know he shattered it, and I remember just kind of being in awe because this big glass of managed shattered, but the TV was fine. And then little by little, you know, pops like left, and then my mom was cleaning it. But growing up later, it was kind of sad that scene of you know sort of the submissive of like, well, this is just life for us or whatever. And so the other person that kind of to tie this up. And I used to tell that story the other way, you know, all the time growing up. And I tell people, and it was amazing because the manage jar <laughs> broke, but the TV was perfect. And it never f- fell on me that if a teacher yeah. heard me, th- that would have been like, you know, oh, they're in CPS. a broken home. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they had some kids back then. Oh, did yeah. they? I don't know. But it, it's kind of wild, I think. that. And so anyway, the other family, too, that we were real close with, the, you know, the, the dope male, too, there was going through, through alcohol stuff issues roughly about the same time. And they ended up having to be... And turned somewhere and they got dried out, like, you know, by a hospital or whatever. Versus our dad, he just kind of just stopped. And, you know, he came back later on and, you know, he's had little kind of ugly episodes. But overall, he just kind of stops into that. So to kind of keep going through that, another early memory. And this is one that I've thought about throughout my years. And this is going to probably shock you guys, but it's a real early memory. And I remember I used to kind of struggle with it all the time because, like, did it really happen? And it was in, in the last, like, year and a half, two years where it started kind of bugging me. And I think about it more, but... I was staying at somebody's house, 
you know, we were very young. I, I can't guess the ages, but I know very young. You know, I'm sure uh, Jesse was born, but we were very young. And, and uh, me and this, you know, person about my age, we slept in the same bed. You know, your kids, not a big deal. But I recall, like, in the morning, their their dad, like, waking us up, I guess. But he did it by by grabbing our junk oh, no. and, and pulling us, and pulling the like, up off the bed. And I think it, I think they thought it was their son. And, but, but I remember waking up and, and it bugged me because it was like, I didn't like it. You know, it was like, this is weird. And, and it didn't, in hindsight, I don't think it was like with malicious or, you know, sexual intent, but it just, it's uncomfortable. It's one of those like, oh, we do this all the time. You know, their parents did it to them or their brothers did it to them. But to happen to me, it just, I was uncomfortable because it was it wasn't. And so I just kind of buried that for years that it would pop up. And I thought about it a while back and it was like, this wasn't cool at all. And yeah. That's how you know it wasn't okay. But, but, you know, and it's not one that, oh, they should be prosecuted. I think it's just, just ignorance because, yeah. you know, that's where the culture shot. And to, all right, to kind of segue, the clear right turn. One big thing growing up that I always kind of fought with, like, uh, my, my Mexican heritage, you know. Like, Julie's very good about trying to keep it up and keep the Spanish, yeah. teach the boys. You know, her, her husband is, like, full-blooded, was born there and stuff. And the music. They like the music. Yeah, they like that music that I kind of have a distaste for. But for some reason, I always fought it. Like, I never wanted to be defined by that. You know, whatever I did in life, I never wanted to say, oh, that's pretty good for a Mexican, for a Hispanic. So I never liked that. And what were you guys' take growing up as far as being um, – like one big, All right, one big story I kind of rushed through. I've only been in Mexico three times. One of the first times we were really young when we lived on the second house, uh, the little one wasn't even born yet. But uh, we went to Mexico and we came back, and we had been robbed. And somebody had written like a, you know, something like you wetbacks. Yeah. And I remember it used to bug me. Like I never knew what it was, and the, the folks just kind of didn't tell us till years later. I, I heard it around, but it doesn't even make sense because we were born in, in California. So that's where I always struggle with my identity. How about how about you guys? How was your your takes growing up? I didn't know race till we moved to Oregon. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Julie. I just thought there was Mexicans and black people, <laughs> mostly. Same here, and I remember when that happened, and I knew exactly what you were going to talk about before you even said it, because I think about that all the time, because, like you said, that was the first time we had seen that word. We didn't even know what it was. And it's not even applied to us. I think it was the first time. Huh? It doesn't apply to us. Like, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Like, um, our parents. No, because my dad came legally. but But at the same time, like, but at the same time, like, thinking about, like, you know, everything that goes on you know and what people go through i think that was the first exposure we dealt with you know i guess racism in a way yeah. and when i think back about about it now i'm just kind of like who would do that to somebody you know because not only did that happen and the biggest thing that i remember is that they also stole all our savings that we had like in the little piggy bank yeah and i think so um i just remember feeling like having that feeling of like we were violated you know because they just just knowing that somebody was in your home is just, you know, it's just messed up. Yeah, it was. I mean, we all, even back then, the folks kind of thought, because the way, we, and I used to be embarrassed about this growing up too, but, you know, it's pretty remarkable. So at that house, the second house we lived in, and I'd like to get the folks' take on that, but you basically build out of a garage behind somebody's house. Like in real, you know, LA, South Central, they're all pretty crowded. Um, This was. Mm-hmm late 80s early 90s where he you know he built this and i was always embarrassed i never liked having friends over and stuff like that but it was always unusual how you know we were cramped like we all had the, the bunk beds on one side of the wall the folks on the other side and then once our younger sister came aboard 
um, in the middle, in the crib. And, and, it and was then we had the crib. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the middle. But, and then I was on the top bunk, and then you two were in the in the bottom bunk. But did you guys ever kind of feel, you know, went to a friend's house or just knew from, like, stories or something? You just felt like, uh, this isn't, this is how, quote-unquote, normal people live. I don't remember. Never really bothered. No, care. I don't think so. Not until we moved. Did, was... did any of us have friends over there? <laughs> yeah. Did we I have friends? We didn't have room. I did. Yeah. yeah family. Family. Yeah. The neighborhood people. Yeah. We. Yeah, we used to have a lot of the neighborhood oh, the, kids yeah, yeah. Come, um, that would come over. Well, not a lot of them, but the ones that we were friends with. But to be honest, I remember that place a lot because to me, like, um, I don't know. I don't remember feeling embarrassed ever growing up. But I think about that place a lot just because of the fact that, you know, our dad turned it into a home. Like, yeah. he wanted us to feel like it was a home, not like we were staying in a garage, you know. And I constantly think about how, you know, he put in he put in the stove right outside, you know, and he, then he built that wall around. And we literally had like a, a little home. Mm-hmm. Um, that when I stop and think back, you know, I think about everything he's ever done for us. And it's just... It's incredible. Like, yeah, we had a lot of messed up things we went through, you know, that we wouldn't want our own kids to ever go through. But when I stop and think back to that, I'm, like, very grateful for those things. Yeah. All right, don't be a, a kiss ass because he's not going to listen to this episode. So you just stop all that oh, daddy right. praise. No, I'm being <laughs> – I'm speaking from the heart, honestly. So, like, well, so, I think about that a lot. So I'm honestly. trying to brush out so a lot of the negative stuff because I don't want the whole thing to be negative. You know, I want to try to like get past that. So, that, so I went through other kind of unusual place things that, and like in fifth grade, it was at 95 when we lived at that house, and um, there was this kid that was like, he was a friend. He was a bigger, taller dude. We were in the same class, but he always kind of, he was always trying to be too close, you know, and it always felt weird, like. You know, we got into wrestling. We didn't, like, wrestle or nothing, but we kind of played. But their mom would would notice that, and she, like, tried to protect me. For some reason, she was kind of like, no, no, get away from him. And I'm just, you know, his own mom was like that. And it always kind of bugged me. Like, what was he was the kid. I, I don't know if anybody remembers, but growing up, I didn't get uh, video games often. But when I did, it was pretty significant. You know, that's another reason, like, on a cheap way to kind of respect dad. But he gave me like a sega genesis like he just flat out like here he, he could have it and you know it was 95 so the sega genesis came out i think early 90s or something so it's still fairly new but he like tried to he just gave it to me and of course i was like oh heck yeah dude and, but my mom like made me give it back do you guys remember that at all no julie uh-uh yeah it's just i had it for like a week and it just you got a better memory i think but like that's the thing i shoved so much of the stuff back but so I try to bring back the good stuff. So um, one big thing, you know, that kind of got some attention. But so I mentioned about how the, when the Young Institute came around, I was sort of sent away. And you guys managed to stay home. From, I just found out this today, kind of going over this. But, like, you guys got to stay in the house I, until, like, the day sure. off. But I thought you guys, the whole time I was away, I thought you guys were, like, at, you know, our aunt's house. Not until she was born, right, Julie? What was that? Well, Tony thought that we were sent away. Um, well, like when I was when sent he away. Got sent away. But well, we- anyway, the point of that being is, once I, you know, came back and I was resentful for years, but I've always looked back and I felt like I would I wouldn't have suffered as as badly as what stuff happened because I was basically trying to you know find myself at that point. That's when all the depression and the anger kicked in because I don't know if you guys remember for but for many years I was very angry, like I would snap at anything and. I'd always get in trouble and stuff because I was just very hot-headed. But 
like some of that depression started at that time. But I do have good memories, like uh, you know, our uncle um, that I say with uh, I'm not gonna even tie the the bloodlines, but an uncle um, they didn't have kids. They lived they lived in a cool little apartment, and he had a cool little Mustang. And every Sunday we'd go to the swap meet and and pimp it out and stuff. But I was treated very nicely, you know. I was, but I was I was kept in line. They never let me get away with anything, you know. But some bad memories that I did. I do remember that's kind of where the resentment for the other childs came in. Where like my aunt at that time, she would babysit mm-hmm. these, these little kids, little immigrant kids, you know, and because uh, they go work on the fields and near here Fresno. Their parents quit. Yeah, their parents quit. Okay. So they watched like this little girl and this little boy. Uh, the little boy was like three, four years old, and, but the little girl was like you know barely a toddler. Well, I would like like pinch her and make her cry. And then my aunt would come and say, like, oh, what happened? And I'd say that, that the boy did something. And then so she like, slap him or something and make him cry. And I and I like that. You know? <laughs> That's how it was my, like, get back at kids. So, Julie, thoughts? Pointers? Counter offers? I, I remember talking. I remember you telling me about that. And I think when we were younger, like I said, um, we didn't understand what was going on. And, we, and going back to, like, when you were sent off. Yeah. I don't think we necessarily went to go stay with anybody, but I do remember spending a lot more time at our family's house that lived close by there, including like um, right after our sister was born and all of that, which I understood because in a way I'm kind of like, you know, at the time, you know, like she she's a baby. So, you know, babies kind of need that one-on-one time. So I didn't really think of much of, of it honestly but as we got older and i remember talking to both of our parents on different occasions i know um our mom truly like resented that as well because she didn't want for you to be sent away but at the same time like um now that i'm older you know and and, and dealing with more than one kid i can also understand like i wish um, i could get rid of one or two <laughs> you know <laughs> for a minute <laughs> No, no, but you know, feeling that overwhelming of having all those kids while you're trying to take care of a newborn is it is a lot of work. You know, I I dealt with it with two kids, and for me, it was a lot, and I felt divided because you know I wanted my older son there, but at the same time, I couldn't give him that attention he deserved at the time because I needed to focus on this newborn who couldn't care for themselves. So now, but, so, so what, um, from I what I hear, if you need if you need to send off the younger boy, you can send him to us. We'll we'll watch. we'll raise your boy better than wolves. Yes, of course. That's what I mean. No, but uh, after talking to our dad, I know that from the bottom of his heart, he honestly felt he was doing something to help because you know he felt like our mom had a lot on her hands. I mean, three kids and a newborn, three kids who were older but at the same time so close in age that yeah. i feel like he thought you know the girls i can probably send off to her sister and um the boy is okay with my brother so i, I you know like see like now trying to put myself in his shoes i can see where he was coming from where he honestly thought he was doing the best thing but didn't think about you know um what you could be dealing with or the long-term effects it could have i don't think he saw it in that way so um, after hearing, you know, how you express yourself on the last podcast, I can completely see your side of it in a whole different way than, uh, you know, how I saw it through my eyes. So right. I can understand how a kid that age could have 
felt so much. All right, Dr. Felicia, you're, you're kind of ranting on there. So now it's not like, so I did say last time that I, you know, I I was mad at my sister stuff, but in hindsight, you know, she definitely didn't deserve what she got. And I do feel bad that, you know, the way I did that, you know, she tried so hard. To, she's always looked up to me and I, even I get that now. And so I definitely, you know, smart and wised up and stuff. And honestly, like I'm proud of her, like what she's done now, you know, that whole you know, she went to corrections. Like, it's pretty dope that she did that on her own and she moved out on her own. And, like, I'm pretty impressed that she did that, even if it's just to, like, ha, ah, you know, I'll show you. But she's always had kind of that own, her own backbone. She definitely got me and dad's uh, stubbornness, you know, where it's like, no, I'm right. And that's and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. I was so, going to you know? say, I was going to say one thing that I have always found funny is how you guys used to bump heads so much, but you're so much alike. Well, and so I think I kind of touched on last time how when she came along, you know, that's the apple of dad's eye. So it felt like it was them two, you know, and then the rest of the family. So me, you know, it's the three of us. It's supposed to be like a three-way match like they do in wrestling. But in fact, it was two-on-one, you know, because I had to like butt heads with like, father, why won't you love me? Bam. And then little girl like, why are you taking my position as the, the right hand? You know, bow. But it's it's cool because it, it kept me as an independent as much as. Physically, we've been together for, you know, so many years now. Um, I've always kind of been the, the lone wolf. And even though I roamed the way, I, I still managed to come back. And now, you know, I appreciate, like, I do love my family. The more I think about it, every, time, every second, you know, I hang out with uh, the little guy here, you know, my nephew, which no name drops, but, like, it's... it's My kid. Legit. Yeah, you know, yeah, her kid. Jesse's kid. Like, you know, he's cool. Like, I like it. You know, it's it's not like a burden. I get to stay up and... and and it's just, it's good. It's part of it. Like, I was going through a real tough time when he was born, and then all that kind of happening was really, like, messing me up. And I was thinking that to be for the second half, but what the heck, I'm already in there. But so, I, I, just because I was so negative with what was happening, that I, honestly, I was, like, I would think, think about taking my own life. And I even said, like, if I take my life, would he be okay kind of deal? I don't even know him, but it was just sort of a way to, like, as a coward, just sort of like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't want to do this when? anymore. When he was born. When like, he was in the NICU? Yeah, when he was, yeah. yeah. And I was staying in the dingy apartment in, in the in the crack houses around here um, when I got came back from something. And so I was like legit just to kind of not have to try no more just because I'm a coward, but also just to hopefully that would help him out. But it's worked out better this way, you know what I mean? So sometimes like I don't have to always listen to myself or just sort of uh, step back from it. And I don't know, I've been a lot better. The last time I had kind of a nervous breakdown was like last year and... We can talk about that some other episode, but um, we all get those. That's, that's well, funny. even the youngest sister when he was born, you know, and we all came together a lot more. I mean, yeah. we weren't, you know, distant really, but, but we weren't close either. Yeah, we didn't really talk as much even as now. You know, imagine at that time he's saying like, "Hey, let's do a podcast." No way yeah. you guys would or do one. Or even have a group text. Yeah, or yeah. even say like, "Hey, check out this silly meme." Yeah. But now you know, like I all- think it was. I think unfortunately we do what a lot of families do, which is kind of like. You know, I love you. I don't have to show it or talk to you or express it. And that's kind of what we did. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've gotten better as far as expressing myself vocally. Like, I don't I don't sit there and try to, you know, uh, mess with my head too much. And legit, I'm grateful because you guys. Right. Of all my dumb crap I've done through for my 36 years now. Like, you guys are the ones that have dealt with the most and put up with the most, but still managed to accept me back. So that's kind of where it's like, well, family's all right, you know. I'm not doing good in the in the dating world, you know, so it's like, well, it's, well at least I, I could take care of my family. So I, I feel like, you know, I do a pretty good part, and I'm not so negative as far as my role doing here. But kind of jumping back, uh, as far as, like, the father relation thing, too, there was a big moment where 
um, when we lived at the second house here, it was actually the house that I bought, right? I bought that with my dad. We went kind of 50-50 on it. But right around that time is when the, the housing bubble burst, like 2006 or something. And within months after we got the dumb house, it wasn't worth the same. And so I started to be very um, mad about that. And, yeah, that's that's past 99, so I kind of feel like I'm cheating. But it was another moment. I went to therapy, and the therapist basically said that it was almost like I was fleeing the dad row. And kind of looking back, it's funny watching how every school we went to, like elementary, my dad would have me fill out the forms, you know, and even sign his checks. Because he's like, yeah, I just fill it out. So I was already kind of stepping into that role, you know, cause, because he worked so hard that we didn't know, you know, we didn't um, know what he was doing. You know, those are those times where, where he would, like, disappear. Do you guys remember that? Like, when he would be gone for, like, a week or two? He did it a couple of times growing up. No, not really. Like, I know, you know. Honestly, he, I remember it when I was, like, I think I was already in high school, but I was about. 15 or 16 I only remember one time and it's when you went with him but I don't I honestly I don't remember before that uh, except for now that you mentioned it no when we were a lot younger I remember him going to Vegas yeah Vegas oh. but I don't remember him going to Mexico until um, besides that one time well I mean he also went to Nebraska you guys don't remember that where he was just gonna drag us to Nebraska he came back with a bunch of no, Nebraska stuff yeah it's um Oregon. so we grew up at the first house and the second house we lived there for um I don't know, seven years or something. We left there when I graduated um, sixth grade, so 96. So we left that house there. Um, and you guys were starting middle school, elementary school. Uh, how did that change go to you guys? So from the first house, I don't think none of us went to school. I feel like I, I started kindergarten at the other house, but moms has told me that I'll, I'm incorrect. But either way, all three of us went to the same elementary school. Uh, for When we moved in 96, what grade were you in, Julie? Um, I don't remember what house that is in 96. Because I remember when we all went to the same elementary school that we, we all moved went to, to Southgate. I remember the day that you went, that they went to sign you up. Hmm. Uh, Southgate? No, when you went to elementary school, when you were getting enrolled into kindergarten, I remember. Oh, before? It's because uh, the person... The person our parents left us with wasn't the nicest to us, so I think that's why it stood out in my head. I remember, you know, so I growing up, you know, like I, said, I was kind of the second kid born to the two families, and it was always neat because I always felt like, um, like I said, we were brothers, but I always remember thinking um, I was a mama's boy. You know, I was kindergarten, I had a real hard time letting go. Like, I used to run after my mom, and she'd have to sit in the class for a while. And in kindergarten, I got over it after a while. And then first grade came around the same school, you know, a couple months later or whatever. And the same process went over. But not only that, but I ended up like, I was so scared to like get attention to myself that I peed myself. <laughs> then, you know, moms had to come, probably bring Are you. Are you talking kids. about in kindergarten? Well, I peed in first grade. <laughs> we all have stories for that. Do you guys remember that? Did you we guys all get peed in that school. <laughs> I remember me peeing, but not your peeing. <laughs> You don't, you guys remember my peeing? It was <laughs> no. I remember because moms made me go into the the girls' bathroom and I was completely mad because I was just you know somebody's gonna walk in and see me in the girls' bathroom. But she's like, just get your butt in there. But and I, I so I talked about how in fifth grade that's when I got upset you know because dad wasn't there and stuff because he was too busy working. So when we moved to Southgate in '96, we I jumped to with I didn't have any of my old friends. We went back to visit once in a while, but it was like 40 minutes away, so it's a completely different area. The demographics were a little different, but I, 
I'm assuming the schools were about the same distance, but I went to the same school for so sixth grade. I went. We went. All three of us went to Catholic school. I was in sixth. Julie was in fifth, and Jesse's fourth. I'm guessing. I guess. Yeah, you guys always don't remember that, but I have a lot. Yeah, of- I was in. Fifth. I was in fifth. I want to say Jesse was in third, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And it was a weird. Set. By that time, was yeah. That would that would make sense. That would make sense because she's a, like what two years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, it it lines up. That's what I like about thinking back. It's easy to kind of follow them where every year from 91, or I guess 90, every year is the year I graduated. So, like, in 1998, I graduated eighth grade. So, that's how I tie them in. So, we went to that same school, and I was always kind of amazed now, even even when I was, like, in high school, but that dad had to pay. And me and Jess talked to him about the other day, how much he had to pay per kid, you know. It, it was a, It was a private school. But I, for me personally, religion it kind of skewed my 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 worldview. I don't want to get into religion too much, but um, I didn't. You know, I was Catholic. I was baptized. I had my first communion, but I can't even remember the second step. But I, I just didn't want to do it anymore. But my mom moms would say, "Well, if you don't do that, you don't get married in church." And I was just, "Well, who wants to get married anyway?" Like, that was a dumb like, that was her threat. Reason. Yeah, that was a dumb <laughs> threat. How far did you get into the the religion thing, Julie? As far as like uh, uh, Catholic. Catholic, yeah. Um, I think uh, what's known as a confirmation when you're 15 or 16. I can't remember. Was kind of going with that religion yeah, thing. Yeah, but it, I think I can't remember if I had to do it before or after. I don't remember. All right, moving on. But so it kind of that ties in. I just remembered. So when we moved to Southgate, they're 40 minutes away, um, seventh grade. So we moved there. 96 we lived there 96 to 99 it was just three short years does it feel that long to you guys or or did it feel longer shorter that sounds about right but like you know so what grades were you guys in in 1996 that's when we were in Southgate. yeah when we went middle school somewhere yeah when we moved yeah but i think jay weren't you like in uh fourth school you were like in fourth grade because I remember I did sixth and seventh grade in that school, and then we were moved for the last because of the district or whatever yeah. and the, yeah. the 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 area we lived down. We were switched schools for the last year. But you did six, seven, eight, then right, Julie? I did six, seventh at one school, and then I was moved for another school for eighth grade. Yeah, for eighth grade. So that ties in. So that's kind of where I started moving up in '99 when we did like the big move. Um, I was I started high school, so I had ninth yeah. grade. But the way the school districts were there, so packed that there was like a separate campus for all the ninth graders. So it was very interesting seeing the different mm-hmm. dynamics of people, of, you know, the bully here, the bully there, all trying to kind of like muscle up and, and take place in there. Um, but a lot of stuff happened, and that's kind of what, you know my the teenage years. But so when we moved to Southgate. Do you guys remember? Um, there was a church like two buildings down, and they were Lutheran. But for, just because of that convenience, our mom would take us there. That always messed with me as far as religions yeah. go. That always had me like battle with my <laughs> yeah. Catholicism. Because we would go and take, you know, benefit from their uh, Christmas drives and, and gifts. Thanksgiving. and Yeah, Thanksgiving dinners. And, but daycare. every Yeah, daycare too. And every time, you know, she the pastor, which was a female, which is, I guess, a huge on religion. But moms would tell moms, you know, are you ready to convert? Mom like, no, no, thank yeah. you. But. That, I never liked that because it was almost it was almost like that taking taking from the poor, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever think of that was weird, or you know, religion didn't even feed into you guys' thoughts at that age? Not really for me, no. 
I just knew it was because no, it was for convenient. me, I think it was just. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said I know because it was convenient for my mom to just go down the street. Walk us down there. Yeah. Two minute walk. And then the daycare, they really help <laughs> her a lot. Julie. And I think for me, it just kind of confused me as to what our beliefs were growing up. But the thing about uh, during those ages and. Jesse doesn't know this, but a few years back when I I had moved away for a very short spell, but for some reason I kind of, kind of started thinking of I was up in in Oregon, where is where we moved in '99, where I was up there, and for some reason I just started kind of thinking about it or or uh, you know growing up and stuff, and I remembered about our middle school years, and it was pretty significant to me because I remember um, Julie went through a lot of a lot of heavy stuff, and I don't feel like I was there for her, and she kind of forgave me you know she was kind of it's okay you understand but i just felt like like a dirtbag because when i could have been the big brother there and that's kind of was my role southgate yeah oh, i thought you said oregon but you're talking well about no it southgate. was when i was in oregon a few years ago oh. and i said when we had moved there and do you remember that julie when i i don't even know we were just calling about nonsense and i just kind of got the compulsion to just tell you hey i'm sorry i let you go through that stuff yeah i remember that because um I don't know. I never held that against you, but I just feel like now looking back, I feel like during that time, um, those two years, because it was sixth and seventh grade, but I think seventh grade was probably the worst for me. Um, I dealt with all that like hard, hard bullying from bad associations. People thinking the worst about me. Because the people, you, you know, people you spreading lies or... about me because of this idiot that I was dating back then. Yeah. Um, and just him making up all these stories about things that we would do that I honestly, at that age, I didn't even know what those things meant. Yeah, it's six, seven, So knowing nine. that the whole school was speaking all these rumors about me, I, when I think back about it, like, I remember I hated those years. Like, I, now I can see why a lot of kids with cyberbullying and school bullying, like, I can totally understand what they feel because I remember that's how I felt back then, you know? Like, I felt like... What's the point of even trying to be a better person when everybody thinks the worst of you? But didn't you... But anyways, like, when I think... Huh? Didn't you have, like, good connections with good friends? You know, you guys were... You had pretty good friendships at the time, but then the those schools, districts, for some reason, were really tough. Like, the kids there were, like, you know, homicidal almost. I remember just being almost in fear all the time. And But I went relatively unscathed. Like, I feel like I was semi-popular. People knew who I was and... I always kind of downplayed our association. And I think, Jesse, you're always a quiet one. You, you just kind of yeah. skirt it through, right? You don't have any sort of negative ideas or hate it. As, you just hated school in general as yeah, far as going out. Yeah, just being anxious the whole time. But that's I don't have any big memories about So I remember just feeling kind of weird and trying, to hard, trying so hard to fit in. And most of the years went fine. But eighth grade, I don't know how far into like the, the end of the school year. But I remember we used to jump in, in lunch lines and kind of cut. And we, me and my friend, we were jumping around. We're cutting, cutting in front of these two dudes who are, they're kind of tough kids, but they're not really bullies. But one of them started, like, smacking me in the back of the head. And I, I was just kind of so sh- I didn't know who he I knew who he was, but we never ran in the same circles, as so to speak. Because we used to have different tracks, right? You guys remember how we had red, blue, yellow, green yeah. track? Yeah. And each track sort of had his notoriety. Uh-huh. Like, the green track was sort of the, that was the coolest track. Everybody wanted to be in green track. That's the track I was in. 
conveniently. Uh, were you guys on the same track? I think so. I remember a green book they would give us for points. Peace we, points. Yeah, we were all <laughs> on green points. track. Yeah. So it it was a year-round school where three you go to school for three months and then you get a month off. And so there was always three uh, tracks at the yeah. school. And then the red track, I think, were like the, the real crazy kids, I think. Wow. <laughs> the yellow tracks were sort of the... It was between red track and, and blue track. No, Blue Track were sort of the preppies. They were the kind of stuck-up people. I remember. See, and so, so that's true. Yeah, and then the yellow, the yellow tracks were like the rejects. Like nobody liked the yellow track. That's they were the ones. That, just something you made up, or no? If you up. go, everybody would talk about the people. If if a girl from any track dated a guy on the green what? track, she, I swear to God, if she was dating <laughs> the guy from the blue track, hey, it's the the it's insane, right? Uh, yeah. But so it was, it was kind of cool, right? We're in the green track, and those kids were on the blue track, if I remember. I don't really have a diesel book, so I was getting punked. And I had kind of gone through life enough where I was always kind of cool in a sense. I never really embarrassed myself too much. But for some reason, I don't really know how to act. Like, I just froze up and, and I would turn around and just be like, stop it, man. Like, sitting there like, stop, man. <laughs> and because even later, my friend, and he was a little dude, but my friend was like, hey, man, we're going to get that food on where when we sat down, like, tables away, we, I kind of looked over and he was with his, his boys. They're like laughing in my direction. So I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to eat lunch again. <laughs> but my friend, like, I think it was plastic. Like he got like a, one of the plastic forks that gave you those little utensils, and he like slid in his in his sleeve. Like, yo, we're we gonna get that full. Like, I'm like, no, man, don't don't do nothing. I, it was it was just so dumb. And but for I I voted for him for like the rest of the school year, but I was still catching like laughing. Like straight out of prison movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was for me like how embarrassing that. And so after you know, at first my friend was supportive, but after that he would just be like, no, man, stop. And I'd be like, shut up, dude. That's not funny. It was. <laughs> so uh oh that was funny and so cut to the next grade ninth grade ninth grade was where stiff things started ramping up real fast because my dad used to drop us off he'd drive us up and it was always funny because sometimes friends that live close by you know didn't have time to walk to that school when we all went to ninth grade it was far i remember it was like a 45 minute walk from our house but so my dad would take us in the truck but you know we had the, the, um, the camper. camper in the back <laughs> so everybody had to like lie down and they hated it like Man, can we sit up front one time? Like, no, get in the camera. So we get over there, and once in a while, go ahead. Yes, Julie, you have the floor now. Uh, oh, I remember you getting dropped off at school. We had a walk to school. Well, you got. Well, I think the school was the same distance. Roosevelt, right? It was oh, we're just name dropping every school. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so before we jump to that. So Julie, since you hated that um that other school so badly, when you actually had to go to a different school, was it better for you? What you what was your take on that? Did you cut any connections to you your know old- what it was? Yeah. It was because in the sense that I was I, I was considered a little quote unquote like cooler. For some reason, I fit in with more cooler kids. At first, it was a little intimidating because some of the kids that you know they had this. The, the district uh, moved some kids around from different schools. So some of the kids that moved from Roosevelt to our old uh, school. Yeah. Oh, they went f- um, from that school to the, your old school? Yeah, like they oh, got sure. switched. Yeah. We got switched schools. So yeah. I got sent to Roosevelt. They got sent to the other school. But some of them, um, for some reason, did never met me, you know, never crossed paths. But they just didn't like me. They had heard about me and they didn't like me. So I had... This one girl who was, uh, you know, gang affiliated, calling me and threatening me over the phone for no reason. <laughs> and then later I found out it was because she she likes the guy that I used to date at the old school. And so she oh wanted to come to meet me after school and fight me. 
But, and I'll never forget because she would constantly call and like threaten me over the phone and stuff. And I'm like, you like them? Go for it. Like, take them. It's not worth the fight. You know? so, so she'd call and like moms or pops friends and like, hi, I'm trying to speak to Julie, please. And then they put in line like, I'm going to kill you, girl. <laughs> it's like complete 180. Pretty much. Honestly, <laughs> like I remember on two occasions, I had another girl who was, you know, back then in that whole area, 18th Street was so was such a dangerous gang, a big known gang. Southgate? I had a girl from there calling me for the same thing. Yeah, I can't, she was actually I guess I one remember. of our neighbors. I don't know if you remember. She did a drive by and then there parked her the Yugo, and then need a parallel park. Exactly. That girl would call and threaten me sometimes because she liked that dude too. But I'm like, oh, really? Like people fight over something so stupid. Like, don't fight me, take them. Like, so I'm, stupid. Julie's Julie turned to that you know? chola thing. She's like, so stupid. You gonna fight over something so stupid? Yo, hold my baby. <laughs> but the <laughs> but the funniest thing is, is that here here I am, an eighth grader. And this girl's like what, sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen, and I'm like, you're gonna fight me. Like a little girl compared to you over this guy, like go for it. Like it's not even worth me fighting. And what about for you, Jesse? How was it for you to move? The same, just I'll just hide behind a curtain. Like, don't look <laughs> at me, please. Much. I just kind of. Because you have the role of like the quiet one, right? Like uh, yeah. growing up, we, the joke was always like she's gonna be a nun. Oh, she's always yeah. gonna be a nun. Remember that, Julie? <laughs> It'd always be like, so "Hey, Jesse, when, when are you gonna buy the little nun?" Now I know it's called a habit. By the way, it's called a habit. Like, so Jesse needs a habit. <laughs> she's got a, a, a nunny habit. <laughs> You know, you know what I remember is I remember getting called out of class from teachers to come try to get answers out of her, like if she didn't get her homework done, yeah, because oh, she I wouldn't talk funny. to the teachers. They thought I was. Mute. So I remember yeah. getting called out of class, you know, <laughs> to pretty much like uh, be the middleman, you know, because she would that. only talk to me. She wouldn't talk to the teachers or the other students. I remember that, you know, having to. Look out for my little sister, especially like I'll never forget in when we went to that Catholic school and when I was in mm. fifth grade, she was in third grade. I'll never forget this one kid made her cry <laughs> one time and I had to threaten him after school. Yeah. I had to go and be like, you know what? Don't mess with my little sister. Yo, and I'll I get Barney canceled, son. What well, the funniest <laughs> the funniest reason was the reason why he made her cry. <laughs> why? The payless shoes. Do you remember wearing. that, Jay? Is it because of the payless shoes I was wearing and he would make fun of me? No? No, he said something <laughs> really stupid that made you cry. I was real sensitive, too, yeah. You don't? I don't remember. What, what he was said, it? He said, he said, your mama, your daddy, your bald-headed <laughs> granny. <laughs> that was that, and same, Jesse that was. same kid. He also kept making fun of my shoes. And I'll never... That was the same. And that was that was oh, when wow. Granny was on the on the swimming team, so that's unfair. <laughs> she was just trying to be aerodynamic, y'all. <laughs> I just remember that yeah. time, like she was so upset that I was like, "All right, let's <laughs> yeah. go." And yeah. she was behind me, and I went and I I told that kid, "You mess with my sister again, I'm gonna beat you up," you know. And I'll never that's forget. Funny. Like now, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pictures you guys growing up where you guys are always together, you know. Yeah, my mom would dress as the same. Yeah, so that's kind of, when I talked about the Mexican heritage at the beginning, I thought about, you know, the picture with you guys in the little, like, Mexican dresses. Yeah. Like, it was like Mexico Day, I guess, down in, in South Central Cinco LA. De Mayo, yeah. Cinco de Mayo, yeah. Yeah. And so... when All of us are dressed well, up. Oregon, and then so. with our, when our little sister came around, my mom used to dress the three of us like that. See, so, so when I had kids, I always thought it was cute to dress them up, but like, you yeah. know, 
She always wanted twins. Keep the scars generational. But so that kind of adds to me getting pushed away because I don't remember if I talked about it in the last episode. But in, when we lived in Southgate during 97, 99, I remember you guys, one time I came home from school, everything was off. I, I must have broke a window. I don't know. I got in the house somehow. But like nobody was home and I had no clue. I was just kind of, I don't know if it was the middle of the week or what, but it was a school day. So I'm kind of hanging around. I'm watching TV probably uh watching some adult stuff but nobody's home for nothing then all of a sudden it wasn't time for bed but then you guys finally show up and lo and behold i guess you guys had like a dentist appointment and uh, the little one was born obviously she was a little, a little a wee little lass but you guys went and got everybody had a pet i think i think even the little one somebody had a bird somebody had a turtle somebody had an iguana yeah and so i not only did i not get a hangout and there was no clue and it was just kind of hey whatever but that always bugged me that you know, I would have liked a pet at that time. We had those two dogs, but they weren't mine. You know, they weren't ours. I don't remember who who got a bird. Who got a bird? Maybe nobody got a bird. I don't remember either. But I don't think anybody got a. I just remember the iguana, and that's it. No, that was a I turtle. Had a turtle. Yeah. yeah. I got a and turtle. I remember. And I remember we bought it from some lady down in LA where they would have like a bunch of shops and stuff. Yeah. And I remember she had like a bunch like in a in potato a sack. sack. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry, you She's weren't missing out. Enough. But that that's kind of where, so that was, you know, after I came back from uh, up here where I was staying. So that kind of added to my alienation. I never, I was always kind of carved my own identity. And even to this day, another big thing I, I think about, thinking about my life now that even just my style, because around that age, you know, my cousin that I that I was real close with, I very much just copied his style. He's the one that got me into the, the music. He's the one that got me into the clothes to dress like him. So even now, I look, and I don't really know if I like or don't like the way I'm dressed. So I'm just kind of going like, I really don't care. So sometimes I wear something dumb and goofy, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't reflect who I am. And so that's almost where, like I said, I'm trying to align how yeah. people think of me versus how people see me. And so to me to find my identity, I think about it more growing up most people do like where they it's like a canvas like a painting you get a blank canvas and you paint on you know you want to be a tough guy you want to be a cool guy you want to be a a a snobby guy and so you're painting right you're putting layers you're putting brush strokes and the way i did it is almost like i just tacked on a bunch of stuff and i don't really know what i'm building and so now i'm working it backwards i'm working like a a rough shape a a cylinder of marble i'm trying to carve out who i am you know like the the famous leonardo's um david you know that statue of David? Sure. Oh, okay. But so to find, you have to unearth it. And that's why I feel what I'm trying to do with my podcast. I'm trying to carve that out where I'm chipping away. Well, well, I don't really like this clothes. Oh, really? I don't like this yeah. song. And so that's how where I'm trying to go through this podcast. So that's why I'm trying to bring people like you guys on to fill in the gaps. Because some of my memories, like I said, I mean, I'm trying to linger on those negative ones. And I, there's some rough ones there, but there's tons that I've taken away. But overall, they've kind of shaped who we are, you know, together. And I've always told people that physically, I feel like our family is close, but um, emotionally we're not. And now it feels like we're almost reversed that, you know, like Julie, you move, you know, out of the, the, the States and well, not out of the States, but out of the, the mainland, I guess. And, um, and we moved yeah, around. Worry. There's one that lives down South. And so we're separated, but we keep in contact now. It was especially, like I said, with our nephew when he was born and we sort of started coming together and, I don't know if I said that earlier, but our youngest sister was basically like, oh, it's cool that we're getting, like, we're coming close, but it sucks that it, this had to happen. But I think of it opposite. I yeah. think it's great that this happened because we were able to sort of, you know, work on overcoming this, this sort of 
I wouldn't even say hard thing, hardship. It's more like uh, unknown or complicated hardship. You know, and we've, we've, I feel like we've had uh, our, each other's backs along the way. No matter, like I tell you, Julie, no matter with the distance, we're we're all close. You know, we keep in touch. That's kind of the important part. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, like you mentioned earlier, though, um, I feel like our nephew and everything we went through, like when he was born, I feel like everything he's gone through really showed us how precious life truly is because I feel like a lot of people don't realize or don't get to kind of have that closeness with other family members until they lose a loved one. And I feel like we got to see it, you know, with everything he went through when, when he was born and, you know, all the hard times he's had. I feel like he showed us truly like how much we need each other and how much he needed us, you know, when he was born. And like I said, the good thing is that we got, we, we, we're still alive. We still get to have each other and enjoy that and not, it didn't have to happen with one of us, like, you know, something really bad happening to us, one of us dying for us to kind of get it together. So like you said, like, yeah, it does suck that we all kind of live away, but I feel like you're right. Like, I feel like it, we've grown a lot closer over the last few years especially since we want to be close you know we like we want to be able to hang out we yeah it's not one of those where you go visit a family's like as an obligation you know where oh we, we have to go see uncle lou because he's on the way to you know magic mountain it's like we like to know what's going on like oh you guys are sending pictures and we want to know hey what are you guys up to or when and, are you coming yeah we're always trying to find a way you know, we started doing airbnb well we did it two or three times two years ago and it was always neat for us to find sort of a central location so we could all meet up and and sort of bond together and those were i was kind of forced and at that time i was going through negative stuff so i didn't really want to do it but overall i think it was good even even now i tend to feel like i do stuff for you guys that i really don't care about but i just kind of get it over with like i don't sit there and dwell on it it's easier just to go ahead and do it do the long drive do the you know support whoever or talk to whatever just to get it over with so you know, man, that's kind of. But then you're glad you did it. Yeah, somewhat, I guess. You say so. I uh, you do. So we wanted to kind of catch up to middle school, and so '99 is one of those where pops kind of disappeared, and I was starting to become on my own and sort of discover I was, even though I was wearing other people's clothes, and I don't really know if that's who I wanted to be. So I was trying to raise myself kind of you know with you guys separated and then in 99 our dad went up to oregon and re reacquainted with the cousin that he's probably never seen before or something but at that time i don't know i guess he was just desperate where the cost of living was just rising too fast and we he couldn't manage it and i think in that house he didn't have those moments um where i don't know if you guys remember those moments that i really dreaded in oregon but when he would call family meetings we would say like he'd be he like kind of yell like hey family meetings and after the first one everybody would just kind of like f that or it's gonna suck and we expect it you know we'd sit civil for like three minutes but then somebody will snap at somebody then everybody start yelling at each other wow i almost forgot yeah no i that's the stuff that i tend to dwell on julie do you remember that i don't the family i don't remember ever having family meetings oh in oregon we used to have them all the time and so we'd start yelling and usually it was you know, I was finishing high school at that time, but it was all about working. You know, I started working late 90s were to get the clothes that I wanted. Uh, at that time, I don't know how many clothes you guys had, but I always hated that I only had three shirts and two pants. Same. 
And it seemed like, you know, because you guys Let's were going to talk about clothes. Because if you remember, I had to wear our boy cousin's hand-me-down. <laughs> yeah, but you liked them, though. <laughs> I, n- I never forget that because I look back at pictures and I'm like, what am I wearing? Yeah, or right. I remember when we went to that Catholic school, being in the girls' bathroom and getting made fun of because the girls could see that I was wearing boy shoes. And they'd be like, oh, there's a boy in here. And then I'd come out and they'd start laughing at me. But I didn't have a choice. Like, I was giving her cousin's hand-me-downs. Well, I mean, you don't want my hand-me-downs, I guess. But very few times I was You wouldn't wear them, so they got passed to me. (laughs) Well, he liked weird colors. I remember you had purple pants and you had some orange pants with polka dots on them and stuff. And yellow pants. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. And around that age, too, I remember... Uh, strongly when we went to the Catholic school, we used to have to take a bus. And it wasn't a school bus. It was like the city yeah, bus. city bus. Yeah. And I remember the whole ordeal of having to get those little cards and every month get us them. Bus pass and tokens. But it. the thing that really got me there on the way to the... Um, I still have my bus pass, too. I have it somewhere, too. I'd have to dig it up. But do you remember... There were high school kids, and I think it was the school that was next to the um, Catholic school, right? Because I remember at that time, our friend... My friend went to this Catholic school with us, but his sister went to high school. And I think she was part of those, but she always got a ride or something because she, she was too cool for those nerds with my tucked-in shirt. Yeah, their they're older sister. Yeah. And when we still I don't remember bus, the high schoolers. I just remember just older people because that, that's the time that you got those lunch shoes, remember? Yeah. So I used to, like Jesse said earlier, we used to all wear Payless or whatever we could find. And the, you know the knockoff Swami ones, the yes. the the Nike, the Nikes or something. But that year, I still even remember. No. Sort of got there was these Fila shoes that was made. It's a basketball player called Grant Hill. So there were the Grant Hills. So this was ninety five or ninety six because I started sixth grade in ninety five and I but I graduated in ninety six. But I Somewhere had around there. junkie shoes, the ones where they're hungry, where the bottom flaps open. And my dad, for some I don't even know how mm-hmm. he got the idea. Or maybe I bugged him to the point. But he bought me uh, the Grand Hills, and there's two styles I remember where it was all white, and they're really ugly when you think about it, because it was just like this strip that went around the outside of the soles, and then the inside of the soles, and so they were white, and that was dark blue, or they had the really cool ones that were black with white lines. Are you looking at it, Jess? No. Oh, okay. Well, so I got the ones that were cool that were more um, rare, were the black ones with the white stripe, and I had those uh, hungry shoes, but I knew what the high school kids were. I got them, and right around the time I got them, somewhere through the the um, grapevine, we heard on the bus that some kid actually got stabbed and got killed for his Grant Hills. I don't know if it were the same colors, but the exact same shoes that I just got. So of course I was terrified of this, and being the crafty dude that I was, we used to carry like eight books or something for that school. It was ridiculous because we had all every, you know, being middle school just because it was Catholic school, but we had each each class was you know science and one was what religion, obviously. But we had each book for uh, each class. And so I barely had any room, but I would cram them in the top of them and wear my dingy old shoes. And then we'd get to school and I'd run to the bathroom and switch, switch them out. Well, one time, my quote-unquote best friend, we were on the bus, and he just yells at the top of his lung like, Hey, man, why are you hiding your shoes? Why don't you wear your brand-new Grand Hills? Why do you keep them in your backpack? And I remember being terrified. And as soon as we got to the school, I ran to the you know to change. And then one time, I was late. And I, I want to say, like, you remember they used to call your birthday? And they bring you up to the front of the school and just to like, hey, oh, happy birthday. Yeah, that was like awful. each grade, yeah. So each grade was um, its own classroom. So as a sixth grader, I was all with the sixth graders and Julie with the fifths and uh, Jesse with the thirds. 
Well, so I was in the bathroom changing, and they called my name, and I didn't go out. I was too late, so I just waited. And so basically, when we got into the classroom, then I pop up, and the teacher was like, I got written up or something. I tried to stay out of trouble, but it, it was a tough it was a tough year for me. I kind of saw too much, and then, you know, we moved to a, another city after that. So that's kind of where things were really kind of wonky. What were you guys' take on the Catholic school? Did you do anything to change religion as much as they kind of pushed it on us? No, I don't think so. I just remember trying to lie so I could get that wafer, <laughs> but I wasn't. I couldn't get excited. <laughs> the body of Christ. My confirmation or whatever. So how did they confirm that you never confirmation? Well, she asked me. She's like, "When did you do it?" And I was just chickened out. <laughs> Jesus from the cross, like looked at you and said, like, "When did you have your confirmation?" I just couldn't answer her. It didn't like, work. So like Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember a lot about it. You, Julie, do you have any significant memories from uh, middle school or uh, from uh, Catholic school? I remember how they were like so... Pushy? <laughs> like big on you learning the prayers. Like I, the, one of the main things I remember is in the class that I was in that the teacher would make like a, kind of like a cross made out of like ding-dongs. But they would be for, like covered in like different color um, wrapping paper. So, anyways, like if you got it right, if you said the prayer the right way, you would get a ding dong. So everybody wanted one, you know. And if you didn't, then be you had ding to keep repeating until you got it right. <laughs> Wanna be a ding dong? I know you didn't get the ding dong. <laughs> you ding dong. So you didn't that, get the ding dong. I'm just like, man. Did you ever get a ding? And I remember like the old earthquake drills they used to do and things like that. Duck and cover. Yeah. Did you did you get a ding dong? Yeah, Judy, don't don't yeah don't, don't keep no, us. No, I didn't. Oh. oh, the ding dong didn't get a ding dong. <laughs> you know what? And because of that, whenever I see him, I'll get one because I'm like, you know what? Now I can buy all the ding dongs I want. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's. Do you really though? Are you just are you just uh, playing it up it. for the show? Yeah, I believe you too. Okay, not always, but I do it because I think about it every time I do see him. You're like, I could get a ding dong every time you see him at the. Uh, so we kind of caught up. So, I don't need to memorize nothing. I could just pray for it. So now we kind of caught up. So that's where we went through big news um, in '99. You know, I don't know if you were aware of the whole Y2K thing, but it was in the news. You know, I was feeling good about um, freshman year, ready to go to uh, sophomore year. I started talking to cute little girls. So I thought we were going to be hanging out all summer, but like a week after, I think your school, you guys' school, ended a little after the freshman year, but. Uh, my dad ordered my mom or told my mom to go buy me and you tickets, plane tickets for me and you t- into Oregon. And I think I drove the car too, which is kind of cool because I didn't have a license. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to travel agency and I, and I still dopey, didn't really think nothing of it. I'm still, you know, enchanted with, with my missus that I, that I got at school. And so you, Julie, you and me went to Oregon and pops picks us up at the airport, drives us like what, three hours to where we're going to his cousin's house. And we're laying, we're all like, oh, look at this, look at all this, this dang nature. There's all these trees and rocks and rivers. And it was beautiful and amazing. Yeah, it was just, you know, we wanted, we expected to see Yogi Bear just stand up and wave at us at any minute like, oh my God, this Yogi. But we got to the house and we're hanging out and we're just kind of enjoying the company. Like, oh, hey, there's your uncle and his wife and just kind of getting, they had a little trailer home, I believe, which is pretty nice. A manufactured home, actually. And we're laying in the bed. There's like three beds, I guess, in like the guest room. And I don't know. We're just talking like, oh, Pops, this and that. And then all of a sudden, Pops like, yeah, we're moving here. And then I just realized it, it feels like me like a sitcom where he just says, we're moving here. And then, you know, he just snores and goes to sleep. And me and Julie are just like, what the bleep? 
Do you remember that, Julie? I remember graduating eighth grade, you know, having the happiest day of my life. And then knowing like a few days later being told that we were going to Oregon and I was devastated because I was looking forward to, you know, spending time with my friends and things like that. And I remember laying my eyes out on the, on the plane because it was my first time ever being on a plane. And so, you know, here I am freaking out and stuff. But yeah, I remember us getting there. We must've gone to Mexico on the plane, I believe. No, we drove each time. I remember us driving there, sir. But anyway, um, I remember when we got there, you know, it was kind of new and weird. And we did think it was a little weird that it was just you and me being flown over there, but we didn't think a big thing. And I remember, yeah, when my dad told us that, um, I don't know if I remember him telling us then. For some reason, I remembered it differently. I remember him flying back home and then us finding out that we were moving there because he went back home to pretty much pack up, pack up the house yeah. and bring the rest of the family. And I don't, I remember then finding out, so Hey, we, we're going to move here. So we didn't get to say goodbye to our friends and we didn't get to say goodbye or get to pack up our stuff. That's where the folks found my hidden porno tape and they don't want to give it back to me this many <laughs> years later, which we'll talk about on the next episode. That's all the time we have for tonight. Oh my uh, God. Julie, Jesse, thank you for joining me. I hope it wasn't yeah. too traumatic. Nope. You guys hear some new stuff. And, uh, nope. I hope we didn't bore everybody with our life stories. Well, maybe you did with your <laughs> little boom, Howard, you know, vocals that you got, Julie. So next time, maybe That's have okay. an energy drink. You kind of, you, you drag you the party. Now. So, I will try to because there's more to the stories. Yeah. So hope, we're looking to get um, the youngest sister back, but hopefully she hurries up because we kind of went through this pretty thoroughly, but we might think of more stuff to say. So, uh, Everybody say goodnight, and um, uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you. I think it's cool. It's what you need. You got a lot to say. Do you think there is a market out there for uh, lame, boring people like our family? Yeah, but you got to do stuff other than that sometimes, I think. Julie? Oh, she's gone. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to our story. And I think um, for us also, it's been kind of cool, you know, to see uh, growing up in a Mexican and L.A. environment and through your eyes. So it's been pretty cool. And I feel like there's a lot of people that can relate to our story. And, yeah, I think it's it's really cool that you're doing this. All right. Well, you guys can follow me at at JiveAsAlien on Instagram. That's where I post a little uh, what's up. And Julie, you want to plug anything? I know you like to um, exploit your family. What do you think? No, no, it's okay. I like <laughs> to keep my family private. <laughs> All right, because you are in the witness protection program. You saw that crime family that just massacred that family I know. in Oregon. And that's Jesse, so, that's how we moved halfway around the, across the country. Don't, don't you dare plug any of the podcasts you listen to. No other than way. This one. No, no. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. This was, uh, think, what did I say, Tony Chavo? I'll see you guys Thank next time. Thank you kindly. Thank you.